Welcome to the Fundamental Entrepreneur Podcast, where entrepreneurs come to be educated, enlightened, and empowered for success in their business pursuits. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Fundamental Entrepreneur Podcast. We are so thrilled that you've decided to join us today. I'm your co-host, Darren, and the other co-host, Danielle, is with me today. Hello, Danielle. How are you? Good, Darren. Glad to be here. Well, good. We are so excited for this episode of our podcast. We are going to be talking about an operational fundamental today, uh, something that I think hopefully at some point everybody gets to this point, and that is hiring your first employee. And before we dive into this, um, one thing that a lot of people will say, you know, why do I need to hire employees? You know, what, why do I need to do this? And I think one thing to keep in mind as you hire employees, it allows you to leverage the uh, abilities and talents and uh, really the hours of someone else to grow your business. At some point, if you want to achieve growth in your business, more than likely you're going to need to hire an employee. Am I wrong in saying that, Danielle? No, I think absolutely. Because, there's, you know, there's only so many hours in a day, right? 26, right? Yeah. <laughs> I wish there was 30. but right? 24 or whatever it is. <laughs> whatever it feels it, is. it needs to be longer, it right? It doesn't need to be longer. It always goes by too fast. But we have limited resources is what it boils down to. And our time is our most precious resource. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if we can leverage the time of someone else to help us grow our business, then yeah, we are going to be so much further ahead really? than trying to do it all ourselves. Yeah, I agree. And so this tends to be an area that gets a little sticky for some. And so we felt that this would be a good um, principle to talk about, a fundamental under that overall umbrella of operational, the operational fundamental which we've talked about in a prior episode. If you haven't listened to that and kind of how we're doing this going forward, go back and check out that episode. I want to say it's episode 33, but you know, don't quote me on that. It's right around there. So make sure uh, you go back and check that out because this is part of that operational fundamental that we're going to talk about. And it, it can catch people up. They maybe, you know, it's like, oh, now I'm responsible for someone else or I'm not quite sure how to do this or whatever. Um, it can get maybe scare people. So we're hoping today, the hope is, is as we go through this, that it'll give you a little more confidence and educate you a little bit more on what, what it's going to take to hire someone. So let's dig into this one here. Um, I think the first thing uh, we want to talk about are some things to consider when you're getting to that point that you're finally going to hire. And Daniel, you've got four things you want to cover about what people need to consider when they want to hire their first employee. Let's go through those. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So these are just the top things you want to consider before you actually go out and hire your first employee. The first thing you're going to want to know, you're going to know where your numbers are in your business. Like, can your business afford it? You know, are your business finances stable enough and you've had enough growth that you can afford to sustain an employee? So number one, right? If you can't pay an employee yet, then find another way to grow your revenue. Right. Yep. Okay. That's a good one. Good yeah. one. Yeah. I like that. And so, and then we're going to set the budget. Like what, how much 
are you needing in your budget to pay an employee, to hire an employee? So know what that number should be, or at least an estimate of it, and the total cost of employing that employee. So it's not just, you know, what is their hourly wage and how many hours they're going to work. There's a little bit more to it than that, right? You've got employee taxes that you may have to pay, an employer portion of the taxes. You may have benefits that you offer to your employees. Um, so you just got to consider the total cost of hiring an employee. Yep. And there may be equipment that you have to buy for the employee, you know, a place for them to sit that might include some rent, whatever that may be. Yeah. So just you're, you're basically saying kind of the overall picture, not just, okay, what am I paying them? Um, if, if you're needing additional space, computer, whatever, I mean, you're, you're, you really want to get an idea of this total cost, mm -hmm. um, and make sure that, uh, it, it's something that you can cover. Um, and, and I, I think most people that are looking at this, they're probably feeling that that's where they're at, but this is a, just a good quick analysis that they need to do to make sure, oh, yep. Okay. Yeah. We can make this work. Yep. Yep. Just know exactly what the numbers are or an estimate of them. And yep. No, I, I like make that. It work. I like that. Those are some good things. Okay. What, yep. what else? What else? Okay. So then, you know, once you've decided that you can, your business can support an employee, you really need to decide, decide what employee do you need? What's the position that you're trying to cover? What are the job descriptions that this employee is going to do? And what are the expectation for that employee? What do you expect to get out of them? Yeah. And so just kind of define what the position is and outline what the expectations coming out of that employee would be. Well, I think that would be very helpful as you're interviewing them. You can tell them, this is what I expect. This is the position. There's no, I mean, things... <laughs> Things can evolve after a time, but at least everybody knows going in, hey, <laughs> this is what I'm supposed to do, mm -hmm. and this is what I expect you to do, right. or vice versa, you know, yeah. so And if I like there's that. ever any questions along the road, say an employee's, you know, doing their job, and they're just like, they can sense some frustration or whatever, they can go back to it and say, okay, what is it that I'm supposed to be doing? Am I covering everything that, you know, is in my job description? And if not, what do I need to improve on? Yeah. So it's, and it's a great document for the employer to be able to rely back on when it comes time to do those evaluations or conversations um, just to see how everything's going. Yeah. And I think on this, just real quickly, just throw this in here. If you're like, well, I don't even know where to begin. Guess what? Google it. Yeah. Seriously, go out and do a search, you know, for whatever position, secretary or office administrator or um, staff something, whatever. I mean, you, you will more than likely find a job description that's mm -hmm. out there. And I don't know if this is appropriate to say or not. Take what others have done and make it work for you. I mean, you know, take those ideas or if nothing else, it'll stimulate the thought process in your mind that exactly. that is what I, yeah, I'm looking for that. I'm looking for that. Mm -hmm. So no, I think that's a great place to start. I mean, Google it. And if it, I mean, if it fits the bill exactly, then Copy yeah, paste. just use it. <laughs> but if nothing else, yes, it really triggers you to start thinking about the day-to-day -day activities of this employee, what you really need their help with. And it will, yeah, it'll just start triggering what you need and you can use that as a kind of a jumping off point. Excellent. Okay. I think this next one, this is a good one. Let's talk about this next one, Daniel. What yeah, is this let's one? dive into this a little bit. So, you know, there's this idea, you know, as a young entrepreneur, and I, when I say young, I say this a lot, and I always think, well, I'm not talking about age here. But I'm talking about in the life cycle of a business. Um, there's, you know, you start a business and you think, oh, I'll just, I'll just hire somebody as a contractor to do that for me and um, not have to hire them as an employee. 
So, you know, that's the, that's what you have to figure out. Are you hiring this person as an employee or are you hiring them as a contractor? And there's more to it than deciding if you want to pay employer and employee taxes. Right, Darren? Yes. <laughs> there's, yes. There's much more. There's some rules. There's some specific rules that are set in place on whether you can categorize um, as an employee or a contractor. So let's go through what those rules are, Darren. Okay. Let's do it. So the biggest thing, and again, I think people in this area, they want to hire someone, but they don't want to go through all the hassle of getting an employee or everything. So I'll, I'll just call them a contractor. Well, just because that's the label doesn't mean that's the reality. You, we can call a lot of things, a lot of different things. I mean, I can call myself king right now of England. And guess what? <laughs> I ain't the king of England. No way, you know. And so a couple of things we want to look at is these are the, the kind of what the IRS looks at, Department of Labor, these different places that, you know, these are the people that would come in and slap your hand. And when they slap your hand on this area, they slap it hard. Yeah. There is a, this is a, this is a big no-no. And they do not like it when you violate this and they will come in and smack you pretty hard with penalties and, and different things like that. So a couple of things. One, what they look at is basically areas of control. There's behavioral control, financial control, and relationship. So in essence, and kind of sum it all down here, if you're hiring somebody and you get to tell them when they show up to work, how they're going to do their job, where they're going to do their job, you provide all the equipment, tools, and necessary items for them to do their job. Um, basically, they're only working for you. Well, you've, you've started hitting all of these elements of control to the point that you've probably are hiring an employee. Call them a contractor all you want. Who cares? They're an employee. And so there's other areas, but I think that's a, I mean, I, we could read down the list and I would bore everybody to death with all the IRS requirements. But in essence, that's the relation, that's what we're looking at. Um, and you can, and people say, well, I'll just draft a, a document saying that you're a contractor. Well, again, are you controlling everything else that they're doing, even though you've written it down saying what they are? I mean, that's a good thing to have, especially if they're going to be a contractor, you want that, defining that relationship. But if, if the reality of it is, is this is a permanent position that they're working specifically for you, you're controlling about everything that they're doing, um, you've got an employee, whereas a contractor, they kind of get to control when they come, when they go, how they do it, when they do it. Mm -hmm. And they probably provide this service to other types of people just like you. Right. Is that fair enough to say? That's fair enough. So one, you know, one question might be, Darren, let's say somebody, you know, identifies a contractor, they think it could be a contractor and they meet kind of all of those um, controls but they're only doing it for this particular, for only for you, for your business. So do we consider that that they'd have to be an employee or do we look at their opportunity to be able to do it for other people? Well, it's never a hard and fast rule as far as that's concerned. I, I think the idea being, and it, you can go type it in, you know, type in IRS employee versus contractor rules, pull it up and go through it. And I would say what you're looking for is, is if you can show that um, your situation, um, the majority of what 
your situation does not fit into the the requirements to be considered an employee if you if you got a number of them that are in your favor saying well they're really not an employee you're probably in a good pretty good position unfortunately this is a really a facts and circumstances kind of situation i i would hesitate to say you know that what you just explained to me danielle yep absolutely that's that's golden they're in it there's really a facts and circumstances kind of thing to it you know, we've talked about professionals a lot and we, you know, if, if you're wondering or concerned, well, here's a great opportunity to get a professional involved. Again, the cost to do that is going to be a lot cheaper than the cost to have the someone come in and basically tell you, you screwed up and here's your penalties for screwing up. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good point. So, so yeah, this is an overview, but yeah, as always, we recommend you do your own homework and your own research to determine what your specific situation is. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. And so the last one, Darren, let's talk, I, I want to make sure that, you know, we talk about business entities and kind of the difference of the different organizational structures for a business. One thing when you're going to hire employees, make sure that your business is set up to and hire employees. And in, in that, you know, the, the one thing that comes to my mind is, let's say you start out as a solo entrepreneur. And then you decide you want to hire employees. Well, you don't have a business structure. You don't have an EIN in order to be able to support, you know, the reporting requirements for an employee. So you may have to consider you know, updating your business structure to allow for that. Or at least obtaining the EIN. Or at least yeah. obtaining yeah. the EIN. So yeah. so be aware of that. Just something to be aware of um, as you're going through the process. Yeah. And you know, if I can, you've got four things here and I think it's great. You know your numbers, define the position. Uh, is it an employee or a contractor? What are you really after? Because you may be able to get away with and a contractor for a while and you don't need to bring somebody on but again let's make sure that you're meeting all the requirements for them to be a contractor rather than an employee mm -hmm. um, and then you mentioned this does your business organization organization hire support hiring employees i think another thing to to just keep in mind is you do you support mm -hmm. are you are you in a position where you feel you're ready to be able to take that on you may need it but again there's a mentality here that now you're the boss of somebody else and now you're um, you're controlling somebody else's livelihood and, and, and different things. So make sure you are in a state where you can do that. I mean, uh, everybody's a little different, but you know, if you're going to be that, think of all the bosses that you had that you hated. Mm -hmm. Don't be them. Right. Don't be them. And so make sure you're ready to do that. So yeah. I, I just wanted to add that. No, I think that's a great point. Yeah. Just make sure that, you know, we talk about the mindset, make sure that your mindset is in a leadership mentality yep exactly so, there's plenty of stuff get, yeah. yeah if you have to get the additional support education or whatever that is to make sure you're ready for that seek it out okay no i agree i think that's great now with this last part of the podcast here let's talk about because this i think was where people get a little scared about this danielle is okay you've gone through all these four things and there's others i mean these are just kind of the top four things we feel that are important to consider. Let's talk about now that you've gone through that, you're ready. Okay. There's some things that we need to do from a, uh, just an operational setup standpoint. L let's go through those. What are the, how do we need to set up to, to make this work? Yeah. Actually, so let's talk about there's, you know, there's the initial stuff that you have to set up before you can pay your employee for the first time. And then there's just some system setup stuff okay. for ongoing that we need to talk about. So quick and easy, what you have to have in place before you actually can pay an employee is like we mentioned earlier, you have to have that EIN, that employer identification number that you get from the IRS 
in order to be able to report the earnings and taxes for your employee. You have to register with your state to be able to get the necessary employee per, employer permits in order to do the same remit taxes and reporting of wages to the, the specific entities in your state. Now, this is where, you know, we say a lot, Darren, every state is different. It's so much fun as we set up these help employers set up these for, you know, them for their businesses and all the different states are different. So know, you know, where you need to go for your specific state. Is it the Department of Revenue? Is it a tax commission? They are the ones that you have to register with in order to get your employer withholding permits to be able to actually pay employees. And possibly even like the Department of Labor exactly. or if you need workers comp, there's uh, maybe a specific uh, governmental organization entity that's responsible for that. And so, yeah, there are some things um, that you will need to make sure you do um, to, to get it set up. I, I like that. That's a good list. And, and we'll provide a resource where you maybe can go. Um, it's our business startup blueprint course. We've talked about it. I mean, we've got, we go through this and, and I, if I remember right, we've got a worksheet that tells everybody right where to go to go yep. do this. We With do. links. With yep. links. You go right mm -hmm. there and you find it. So yeah, it's, it's nice. easy, easy to do. So yeah, um, because I mean, like you said, every state's different and, and you know, you may be able to register in one location. It kind of takes care of all of your needs or you may have to go to three or four different places different. Yep. And, yep. and register. So that's the fun part of it. Uh, so just knowing the specifics for your state is a huge deal when you're setting this up. And then, of course, you've got to choose how you're going to actually calculate and execute payroll for your employees. Are you going to do it manually? Are you going to use a system? I hope not. <laughs> I hope not too. Obviously, manually is always an option, but we recommend that there are so many options out there for um, payroll providers um, online. Yeah. That do all the calculations for you and even actually will file your taxes for you if you choose that option. So we definitely recommend that you use those. And we, you know, an, another plug, Darren, we include uh, several of those options in our course, the Business Startup Blueprint, for you to help you do that. So, um, and then once you've got your payroll systems set up, uh, chosen and set up, you've got to choose and you've got to decide if you're going to offer different benefits for your employees. Yeah. Are you going to provide, you know, medical, dental, vision insurance? Are you going to provide a 401k type program? Yeah. So all decisions that you have to make and, and it's not necessarily that you have to make, um, opt in for all of those up day one. You could say, no, I, you know, I'm, I know I'm hiring my first employee, but it may be another while before I hire more employees. So maybe down the road, I choose to do that. So, you know, that's not a, like an all or nothing type decision. That's one that you can make now and down the road. Yeah, no. So. Yeah. And, and definitely, and I, I like what you said there. It's, it's now and down the road, basically saying, you know, revisit this on occasion. This is not, again, you're, we're not scratching this into a stone monument somewhere that never can be changed never you know absolutely make sure that you're revisiting this especially as you, as you bring more people on but it's it's something you need to be considering up front for sure yep yeah i absolutely. like that okay and let's talk about okay so you've got everything in place now and now you're ready to bring your first employee in the door Okay, it's, it, it's not going to be one of those things that you just find you know go find the person you say show up to work and they just get to work we got to make sure there's some system in place, systems in place to do that. So you got to create your onboarding process. 
You know, there's certain forms that you have to have filled out for each employee. Um, and we list those, we'll list those forms um, in the blog, then we'll include the link in the, in the show notes here. But you gotta have all of those forms filled out and retained in your files. Um, so it's gonna be stuff like, and then you gotta decide if you're gonna do background checks yeah. or reference checks on the employees. And so it's really a matter of saying, okay, what do I need to have in place absolutely? What are my other options? And which of those options am I going to put as part of my process? And now how am I gonna document them all? Yep. So you just have to choose that system and then stick with it. That's the thing. You've gotta be consistent and diligent about sticking with that system. Yeah, yeah. And then, it, I mean, the, in the way, and really what it does is it makes the process easy for you and easy for the employee to come on board with you. Yeah, there's nothing being missed. There's no, there's no confusion. It, 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 when you get it down and your first time may be a little crazy, <laughs> you, you'll learn a lot and maybe go, I need to tweak that a little bit. Great, mm -hmm. tweak it. But yep. yeah, kind of get a, get a process in place and just make sure you just follow that. I like that. And you mentioned something real quickly, Danielle. I want to make sure everybody caught that. Danielle mentioned something about a, a blog posting sheet. We're going to put together a good little post on this on our website. It goes into a little more detail on some of this stuff, provides a little more of the information that you may need. So make sure you check that out. We'll have that link. Um, I just wanted to mention that Danielle didn't want to steal your thunder here, but because uh, no you're doing awesome, no um, just wanted to make sure people caught that and understood what, what what we meant by that. Okay, fair enough. Okay, and then you know one of the requirements most states require that when you hire a new employee, you have to report that new employee to the Department of Labor so that they can keep track of people. <laughs> yeah. And I, the biggest reason they do that here, people may wonder, well, why do I got to do that? Well, it's for those individuals that have maybe child support and other, um, I guess what garnishment requirements, um, that they need to be taken out of their paychecks, that that reporting is their way of being able to track those people down. Cause unfortunately people will skip around to avoid having to pay that. And um, you don't want to be that employer that gets caught with that. So just get them registered. It's all simple, generally yeah, speaking. It's, it's not it's hard. It's a very easy process. Oh, and I would add to that, you know, for those individuals that may be coming off unemployment as you hire them, that would also verify employment back to the Department yep. of Labor that they were getting those benefits from. Yep. So, and then there's this, all the, you know, this other pesky, you know, regulatory thing where you have to have all these employer posters so that your employees are informed of all of their rights and obligations and everything else. So, you know, and the nice thing about, you know, choosing an online payroll system, a lot of times they'll give those, they'll provide those notices for you. So you just have to print them off and hang them up in a place where your employees can see them. But it's a, it's a really easy, easy thing to overlook and not do. But in one, another one of those things, Darren, if the Department of Labor ever decided to come visit your place of employment and didn't find those, you're just looking at more penalties and regulatory issues that yeah. you don't want to have to face. Yeah, and we're not trying to scare everybody. We're just making you aware of these things um, because it's so important. And I guess question, Danielle, if somebody's like, well, they're virtual or online, you know, their employee works from home. Um, and, and honestly, I don't know the answer to this, but I wonder if submitting those to just via email to those employees. That's exactly what I would say. Either you could submit an email, say, here's your, um, you know, your notices that you need to know as an employer working in this state. 
You could put them in like a Google Drive that everybody has access to. Just, just making them available, yep. whatever form that may be. Yep. You, they've got to be able to see that and have access to it. Okay. Yep. Very cool. Okay. Great. What else? Okay. And then there's this wonderful pesky tax filing thing that every employer has to do when they hire employees. So when you register um, for your EIN um, with the federal government as well as the state, they will give you a frequency of how often you have to file. So you just need to make sure that, you know, all of those beginning documents that you registered for in the beginning, keep those in a safe place and make sure you understand the requirements on filing that you're given at the point that they're issued. Because you'll so, never get a reminder. Nope, you'll never they, get they a reminder. There's never like, oh, by the way, don't forget to send us this this week or this month or this whatever. Until you're too late. Oh, yeah, you get the, the oops them. reminder. Yes, the oops <laughs> reminder you will definitely I forgot, get. But not the, hey, we're, we're, you're really nice um, government agency that you pay us as a taxpayer to function and operate. We're here to remind you that this is what you need to be doing. No. Yeah. Most, I've maybe some at a local and state level, maybe, but I've not ever seen it. I've not ever seen them either. And so, and you know, usually that filing frequency is determined based on the dollars of your payroll. Yeah. So, and it could be anywhere from biweekly, semi-monthly, monthly, quarterly, or annually, just depending on the level of dollars that you're paying out in wages. So... Keep that in mind that, you know, we stress that that's important. Make sure you have it on your calendar, reminders, or just have a system that does it for you automatically. Yeah, exactly. As always, what I say is the best way. Set it up once and then don't worry about it. So, okay. I like it. And so let's, okay, so let's talk about some of the other things that maybe we need to just think about. A couple other things. Um, as you're hiring employees, we always say, you know, systems and processes are good. So consider creating an employee handbook. And this is not something that you have to create from scratch, like you said earlier, Darren. There are plenty of them that you could go out and Google, you could purchase, you can ask you know, a professional to help you develop it. And in, in the beginning, it doesn't have to be complicated. Yeah, pretty, yeah. Pretty simple, not a big deal, but is always helpful for both you and the employee if any issues arise. Yes, it's a, just a good document to have in place so that it's just about understanding. It's that communication. We talk, you hear it all the time. Communication, communication is so important. This is a great way to just communicate kind of how things will work as, as that employee-employer relationship. So yeah. It's good. I like it. Okay. Last thing I want to talk about, Darren, is, you know, kind of alluded to it earlier. You know, you've got all these documents and everything that you're accumulating for your employees. Well, how do you organize that? How do you keep it? How do you file it? And so just talk about how, you know, what files you need to have in place for your employees. You need to have an employee personnel file. That would include all of the job-related documents, such as, you know, the job application or resumes that they submitted um, to get the job. You know, the employee employment offer or contract as you offer the job to them. All those new hire forms that we talked about. Any performance evaluations or write-ups along the way. Um, hopefully you're doing those at least once a year. Um, maybe even quarterly as you're just sitting down and regrouping with the employee and getting feedback from them. It should include any employee benefit sign-up forms if you opted to um, offer benefits to your employees. 
And then, you know, a couple of things that you're going to want to keep separate from this personnel file for each employee, you're going to want to keep any medical records in a separate file for the employee and the employee I-9 form, which is the federal form that verifies that your employee can legally work in the United States and provides the proof of that in the form of whether it's a passport, a social security card, a driver's license. There are a few different options there, but those are the three main ones that most um, employees provide. Those need to be in separate files, and here's why. The medical records, of course, we've got that HIPAA law, mm -hmm. so those need to be separate. And the I-9 forms, we keep those in a separate file, and you can literally just have one file with all of your I-9 forms in it because the um, organization called ICE, ICE can come in at any point in time and ask for those to verify that your employees are legally authorized to work in the U.S. And what, you, and what that avoids for you is giving them the entire employee personnel file. You only want to give them the bare minimum what they ask of for what they ask for. Nothing more. Kind of like an auditor, right? Right. <laughs> like yes. You only give them what they ask for. So we recommend that you keep those in a separate file from your personnel files. Yes. Well, I like that. Yes. This is great stuff, Danielle. A lot of things to think about. And I think a lot of people are probably thinking, oh my gosh, there's so much to consider. And maybe one thing I'd throw out there is you've mentioned this about, you know, there's software programs out there for like helping you just get your payroll all right. Highly recommend those if you're, if you're wanting to try to do this internally. If not, well, there's payroll providers out there that will do this. Again, professionals that we've talked about, uh, the need for professionals that will help you. As well as there's even, um, there may be some that are what's called a full service payroll provider where in fact they will provide and assist you with setting all of this up. Exactly. All of it. So if you're like, I really want to do this, I really want to hire employees, I just don't want to deal with all of this, well, crap that you got to deal with. I hate <laughs> right. to use that word, but it's the yeah. truth. I understand, Danielle, you understand. Well, there's professionals that they get a kick out of doing this stuff. <laughs> I think they're a little crazy, but they get a kick out of it. Um, and they can help you with like the handbook creation, the personnel files, the, in fact, some will even go as far as we'll help you hire and fire them yep. if we you need to go that route. So very, there's a lot of resources out there. I think this just has been a great overview for what people need to be considering. And, and, and I think too, even if they're hiring someone, a great resource to just know, this is what I need to be thinking about. The questions I need to be asking, do they provide this or do they not? Or, you know, if you're going to get a professional to help you just so you know everything that what's being covered. Great stuff here, Daniel. Is there anything else as we talk about hiring your first employee that we need to cover at this point? So I just add, Darren, you know, what you were saying there is there's a lot here, but it's not, I mean, there's definitely things that you have to stay up on top of, but a lot of it's a lot of upfront work as well. So it's not necessarily as scary, but I agree. Partnering with somebody that, you know, loves doing this and has a system in place to streamline it is always a good approach. Um, so you can focus your time on your business. Yeah. Well, and if you're listening to this and you're like, I'm to this point, I'm going to say congratulations. Well done. You've, you've, you've scaled from doing this on your own to now this is the next step. It's just the natural cycle of most businesses. Not all, but most. I mean, some people say, I just don't ever want to have employees. I'm happy making just enough to get, get what I need and that's it. And great. I mean, if that's you, good. I'm, we're happy for you too. But 
if you're scaling and growing and, and this is your next step, congratulations. You've you've made met a milestone and that's so exciting. And so hopefully this has helped. Um, you know, hiring your first employee. This is what this is all about today. And so it's been it's been fun to talk about. And Danielle, like we've talked about, we've mentioned a little bit, we have that course, the business startup blueprint course. Um, it says startup, it's a blueprint for helping you get started, but we do talk about this specifically in one of our training modules, hiring your employees and going through all of that, as well as so many other things, um, you know, about business entities, about having your accounting systems in place the right way, and so many just best practices and other things. And so if you want just a great resource to go to and have access to it anytime, anywhere you want and when you want it, check out our Business Startup Blueprint course. It's at startupempowered.com. Links in the, the podcast show notes. And so make sure you check that out. Unless you have anything else, Danielle, I'm going to say thanks for joining us for this episode of our podcast. We've really enjoyed being with you today, talking about this operational fundamental about hiring your first employees. Uh, you can find out more about this on our website at that blog post we talked about, ascent101.com. And you can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram where we will have more information about hiring your first employee. Um, and so make sure you check that out as well. And as always, if you have any more questions or want to understand more about this topic or any other topic or you want to hear about something else, reach out to us. We're going to send you to our uh, Everyday Joe at Ascent101.com email. Send us that information there. And we will get it and we will be sure to either answer those questions or, or address that topic uh, that you need, that you feel we need to address. And so go check that out. But until next time, everyone, we want to wish you all the success possible in your entrepreneurial journey.